You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. I'd like to begin the proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in the legacy of the ancestors into our lives. I call out to these people that have been here before, those who met the challenges of their time, and we ask for them to learn from those who have gone before us, and that we may draw on their support to do a better job of being the living here in our own time. We call out to these ancestors to help us to meet the challenges of our time in innovative and creative ways, to bring forward those qualities that are eternal, those qualities that help humans to be the best possible version of what humans can be, but to also innovate in this time to become the medicine that is needed in our world so that the world is a better place for those who are coming. And so we ask the human ancestors to gather around us here today and to help us in this way to be better and better versions of the living. And let us reach beyond the human ancestors to those non-human ancestors, to the rest of that web of life here on earth, that which has been here long before there was ever a human, and that which will be here long after. So we call out to these ancestors, and we ask them to help us to understand what our own true nature is, that we are not lost in the distractions of our time, wandering off after shiny things and being seduced by many things we know better. We call out to these energies all around us in their many forms to help us simply drop into the true nature of what it is to be a human and to offer ourselves into this great web of life in a way that is a true blessing. And for this assistance that we gain from the non-human ancestors, we give great thanks. And as the ancestors in their many forms begin to gather round, let us gather ourselves from wherever we might be and draw our awareness into our head. Take a nice deep breath and draw our awareness from our head to our heart. Another breath, drawing our awareness from our heart down into our belly. And let us take a moment and focus on the single task of reaching out to the energy of the earth. If you're able, bending a knee and touching the earth, but reaching in. Touching the earth in your mind, your heart, your belly, and giving thanks for this day. Thanks for all that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment. Thanks for all that is and all that will be. We give enormous gratitude for the beauty and the diversity in the world around us and for the challenges that present themselves. For it is these challenges and rising to them that will help us all to become the men and the women that we were really meant to be. So with enormous gratitude to the earth, we begin to move our energy down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude pour out of our heart as we go reaching down and down to the very center of the earth where we anchor ourselves firmly. 
Let us reach into these powers that draw their strength from darkness and stillness, from silence and solitude. These energies that are before all that is going on here in the world around us, these energies that are before the abundance that allows all of life to happen. We reach into these energies in their stillness, that which helps us to journey and to dream and to imagine and to have hope. We reach into these energies and draw up this deep restorative energy of the earth, drawing it into our lives in a way that nourishes and replenishes us, that brings us refreshment. We call this energy in and we draw on this energy to learn how to be in our own body, on the land, to know who we are and where we stand and what we stand for. And as we come to understand what has true heart and meaning in our lives, may we build our sense of home, our sense of belonging on that which has this heart and meaning. Let us not just do what was done before mindlessly because that's how it's done, but to reach in to find what really has meaning for us and to build a world that is based on these things that move our heart. And let us do it in a way that opens ourselves to those who are other than we are, that we might learn from those interactions how to be open to the otherness within ourselves. And as we come into right relationship with all aspects of ourself, may we come into right relationship with our environment, with the people and all the other life around us and with the invisible world. And as we reach into this great web of life, let us draw that moment of connection to all things and let us draw from this our right relationship with ourself. Let us draw that energy up from our belly to our heart, our heart to our mind, and from our mind up and out the top of our head, out into the sky, out through the atmosphere, and out into the cosmos, reaching for the highest power of the universe. And by whatever way you know this energy, however you conceive of it or name it, Reach all the way to that highest power and connect with it and draw that energy back down with you, drawing it into your head, into your heart, into your belly, drawing it into your day, drawing it into these proceedings. And in this way, we call in the energy of blessing and protection. We call in that energy that inspires and illuminates the way. We call in the benevolence of the universe and we invite these energies to move in us and in our day to help us to commit and to be show devotion to that which truly matters. We call these energies in, drawing them through our body and setting them down to the center of the earth. And in this way, allowing the energies of earth and sky to connect within us, these two great legendary energies And we ask this big love that they share to awaken the spirit of our own heart, that our heart become alive and well and engaged in our day, paying attention, feeling, moving and changing. And let us awaken that crucible of transformation that lives in the heart, drawing up the fiery passions of your belly and down the crystal clarity of your mind into that crucible where these energies can mix and merge in such a way that it gives birth to that third and most sacred thing, some sense some inkling, some understanding of why you are here. And may you find courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your unique gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all of the incredible spirit help that we all have to do this very act, bringing our gifts into the world, I give great thanks 
May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give a special thank you to Jose and Jane, to Kate, Regina, Sarah, to Rainy Day, and Amy. These are listeners who have been able to donate financially to the show. I am grateful to all of you who are able to do this for your humble donations. Keep the show on the air. They keep it available in the archives for anyone in the world to connect to and download for free. So I'm enormously grateful for your support. For those of you who are listening for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is listener supported. There are over 400 hours of free podcasts about the practical application of shamanic skills in our contemporary life, and they are available to you free to download because listeners like you have been willing to donate financially at whyshamanismnow.com, clicking the support button, and they have also shared these ideas in their journey circles, brought them into their own shamanic practice. Some have been inspired to even have a shamanic practice based on the show. But in the many ways that you have gone beyond donating financially and helped the show to grow, helped the show to uh, be found by others who haven't found it yet, all these many things that you all do, I am deeply grateful for all of it. So today... We are continuing with the final part of our preparation for the winter or summer solstice fire of here in 2017. Um, we are not live today, but you are welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org if you have questions that aren't being answered by the show. You can also go to the Facebook page for Why Shamanism Now and leave your questions there. Um, it's best if you connect them to the show posting that you're asking about. All right, so... This winter solstice theme is empowerment and sovereignty. And for obvious reasons going on in the world, uh, we are being asked by the spirit world to step more fully into the empowerment and sovereignty that exists already within each one of us that we might demonstrate greater strongheartedness and leadership in the world all around us. So as I said, this is week four of part four of the preparation for this uh, winter or summer solstice ritual. Uh, With listeners spread all around the globe, we hope to unite as one and empower each other's ritual work. Even as we work with this very layered preparation um, for the ritual, let's check in periodically with our hearts and open to that global connection. Maybe you can visualize it in some way in your own mind and to see yourself connected through lines of light to other people that are also finding their own way to um, wrestle with these prep- these preparations and getting ready to share in this solstice fire with you on our beautiful planet. So as we journey and we stir our stories and we sift through our stories, um, let's keep that web clearly visualized in our own minds. And I am really very serious about this, that we can use this ritual as a gateway to leave our old stories behind. Um, I have no doubt of the power of transformative ritual in our lives, Um, having dedicated myself to offering this to myself and others at Last Mass Center and through the cycle teachings. And what is new and interesting, I think, in our lives and new and interesting to the spirit world, actually, is these ways of using technology to connect beyond our immediate local group 
Um, and so this is the magic that we're reaching into. Um, so as you call in the spirits for your ritual, be sure to call in and leave an offering to the spirit of technology. And may that spirit continue to help us to understand how to be in the world in a good way for all living things. Okay, so quick review. The healer's part of the preparation is three weeks ago. And the healer was asking us to look at the stories we tell ourselves about humanity in particular, sovereignty and power. Um, The steps from the healer were about stirring up our stories so that we can see them and work with them. The healer's counsel is about tending your own inner fire. The healer says that this is no one's job but your own, ever. No one gives you your power. No one gives you your sovereignty. You don't have to take it. You already have it. You have to own what is yours and step up into it. So these... Power and sovereignty are your birthright, that they are the human fire shared by all, and tend the flame of your full heart. And when your inner fire is well tended, the actions that flow from it are humane and empowered and sovereign. So moving on to two weeks ago, the warrior is asking us to then sort through these stories that we stirred with the guidance of the healer. Um, And to have the courage and perseverance to keep moving down through the layers of our stories about power. And to look deeply at the actions under the actions until we get to our stories about using power. And in that we arrive uh, with the help of the warrior having a sense of these deep inner characters uh, who inhabit our stories. Um, And in particular, these are characters that bring us into a shadowy manifestation of our stories about power. Okay, and then last week, um, we moved on to the teacher leader and the trickster stepped forward, who the trickster being um, an aspect of the teacher leader energy. So the trickster steps to the fore and things really get interesting as we then continue to work with these inner characters that are um, at the heart of these shadowy stories that help to shape our life around power. And so with the guidance of trickster last week, we asked um, what in me is being controlled, judged or simply positional in each of these stories. And the trickster asks you then right in the face, what would happen if you really love these inner energies that are being controlled and judged and stuck in their position? And then to notice what arises in you that keeps you from this really strong-hearted love of these energies. And that that, whatever it is that arises in you, These energies that arise that keep you from your own strong-hearted love of yourself, right? that these are what you are going to sacrifice into the fire. And you're guided by trickster then to wrap these energies into your own death arrow for the fire or power object of some kind. And so death arrows and life arrows are usually some stick that is often wrapped or carved or painted um, but often wrapped with different colored yarns that, and with the wrapping is a meditation of how we are um, 
infusing this death arrow with these energies, these energies being that which arises that keeps you from this strong-hearted love of these inner characters. Okay. So in some way, you are creating your death arrow, which is your power object that is going to carry these energies you need to release into the fire. Okay. The options are open for how you decide to create this power object to carry these energies. The important thing is that you infuse the object with these energies. And just to clarify this object from the second object we're going to talk about today, we're going to call this the death arrow. Whether yours ends up looking like an arrow or not is irrelevant. The point is this is what the energies that you are releasing into your fire, be it winter or summer fire. Okay, so that's 75% of our work here with the fire. So then now we move on because the arc of this process is not quite complete. So we move on now to get input from the fourth quadrant of our circle here, which is the visionary energy. And with the visionary, we are being asked to do some literal visioning work, to to work with our capacity to imagine, to see what does not yet exist. Um, and in specifically, the visionary is asking us to envision a new story for our world and to envision um, a new story for ourselves. In other words, what would your life be like if these energies that you've been stirring and sifting and finally focusing on here to go into the fire, what would your life be like if these were simply truly transformed, if you were truly transformed? What is this new story about the world that would make every day of your life worth living deeply, resoundingly? with that which has heart and meaning for you. So the visionary says that this solstice ritual is an opportunity for us to step into a new story, in particular around power and sovereignty. And so as we do this work with an awareness of people all over the globe doing this work with us, let us all be aware of the different kinds of challenges people have around what power they are allowed to access and how they are allowed to access their sovereignty. That this is uh, changes based on country, changes um, based on politics. It can change based on – and all of these things are being treated equally as stories that humans are telling that shape or curtail or limit or give uh, different groups of people their sense of the power or sovereignty they deserve or have the right to claim, etc. And what the spirits are telling us is it's all bullshit, all of it, that you as a human being are born into, that's what birthright means, you are born into power and sovereignty. And uh, we are being asked um, and guided here by the teachers of the cycle to get out of our own way and to live this birthright. Okay? So the visionary is saying here uh, that this is an opportunity 
for us to step into the new story around empowerment and sovereignty, which can then support all the other aspects of the new story. And so this was something that hasn't quite surfaced yet in these weeks we've been preparing is the idea that that the part of the value of changing your deep shadowy stories around power and sovereignty is that if you can change them, they then support change in everything else that needs to change. Okay. So in this idea, we're doing this, of course, as a global process Um, which is also part of the new story from my perspective, to begin to move as this family of humanity without different separations. And, you know, maps and countries have a lot to do with lines, lines that have been arbitrarily drawn and drawn by history, drawn by suffering, drawn by old stories we'd like to change. So here we are preparing as a big, one big, crazy family of humanity for our fire. Okay, so you have, from last week's work with the trickster, right? You have your cast of inner characters that are operating in the shadow, and you determined what was being judged, controlled, or simply positional, and you answered this question of what do I need to sacrifice to love them? Right? And those energies go into the power object. I was just talking about your death arrow for the fire. Okay, so in the context of all of that, which is three weeks of work, right? the visionary says, what about life? The visionary says, go back to these same inner characters and move them out of the shadow. Move them to the other side of this fire when they've been transformed by this fire. And to begin to write the new story of these characters in your world. And so the visionary says specifically, the story at this stage has three parts. Part one of the story is the story of how these inner characters receive your love. And how that creates the conditions for their instantaneous inner transformation. So transforming out of what is uh, what is being judged, transforming out of the limitations of that judgment and blossoming. What is being controlled, transforming out of that state of being controlled and blossoming. And what is stuck or righteous or positional And through your loving acceptance and work with the fire, this energy transforms and blossoms. Okay, so that's part one, is what actually happens as you love these inner characters. Because remember, what you're throwing in the fire is what keeps you from that love. So your job now is to do the loving, right? So you imagine doing that loving. And how things begin to transform. So part two then in your story is how these energies emerge from that love and how they are not what you originally imagined them to be. They're not who you've learned that they are. But with that love, they blossom and transform into other things. And the third part here of this beginning of this new story is um, how, now that these energies are transformed into their true nature, how having these aspects of yourself restored in this way changes you. 
And so for right now, those are the three parts of your new story. And this is the guidance of the visionary to write this. Literally to write it. You know, to really be use your creative imagination and go back to these characters that you discerned in the work with the warrior and the trickster and what does happen as you love them. You may want to journey about it to see how does this energy transform if I just love it completely, accept it as it is and love it and allow it through that loving acceptance to evolve. You may need to journey about that first to start to see and then what happens in my life. As I start to express this energy, not only of loving the energy itself and how does that change how I am in the world, but when that energy becomes uh, the blossomed true energy and becomes part of me, how does that change me in my life? How am I becoming different around my power and my sovereignty? This is, this is the great imagining. This is the great uh, – moment of creativity and inspiration and so the visionary is inviting us and now that we've got our death arrow prepared and it's ready to go into the fire to imagine what could come next and again you're not scripting everything down to the last detail in a way that would now uh, be driven by worries about being perfect that you're 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 opening up the possibility. You're giving shape to what your new world will be like. Okay. And so that's how you get to this new story that you're asked to write. And it's just the beginning of the story, right? And it involves this um, loving these inner characters so that they can instantaneously transform. Second part is the wonder of discovering what they actually transform into and how they are different than what you thought they really were. And then the third part is how having those energies back in your life transforms you and your life. So those are the three parts of this new story. And you're going to write it so that you could share it with other people. Okay. So that's uh, from the visionary. That's number one, write your new story. Number two is now to create a second power object. And there is a direct relationship between this second power object, which is a life arrow, and your story. In some ways, they are two manifestations of the same thing. I think the, the point, as, as I think about it as a person doing these steps, the point of writing the story is – to be creative and dream into what that new story might be, you know, cross things out, add new things, journey about it, cut and paste and, and get to a place where you get a sense of something that's got some juice, some resonance that inspires you. You feel some truth about it in your heart and some passion in your belly. And you're like, yeah, I could live this. I mean, when you get to that place with your story, then really look at what the, the big energies are that are transforming through that story, um, the big things about the love stage, the big things about how these energies transform into what they really are, and then the big things about how those energies transform you. Those are the three parts. And so your life arrow 
would then be you in meditation crafting this life arrow that holds those same energies, that story of that transformation of the energy from the shadowy energy that gets loved to what it originally was and then who you become living that energy. So that's your life arrow and it should clearly present these three sections of the story for you for it to serve its purpose. It doesn't necessarily communicate any details to anybody else other than why do you have this weird stick in the earth with stuff on it, right? It's not necessarily going to be clear to anybody else. But it should be clear to you what these energies represent. And again, there's a direct relationship between the story and the life arrow, okay? So they each have three parts, same three parts. All right. So... Um, you have your story literally written down. You have your arrow with its three sections. And the final piece the visionary is asking you to do is to now, having having kind of massaged this energy a couple times, to create an image. Now, for those of you who have the ability to draw or paint or work with pastels or any of those artistic medium, go for it. There's no prescription here about what you should do. But for those of you that feel somewhat challenged um, in that department, collage is a really easy way to draw on the, the powerful images of our visually driven world and create um, uh, a very compelling image for yourself that far transcends your artistic capacities. <laughs> so, so feel free to choose how you want to create your image. Okay, and the image is, um, especially thinking about it as a collage that has layers. Now, those of you who are artistically endowed, you can think of a drawing or a painting that has layers as well. Anyway, so this, this collage image, visual image, is going to be built on what was sacrificed into the fire in your death arrow. These energies that are being given an honorable death and um, they need to be appropriately honored and connected with in a sense that is not about holding on to them but respecting the transformational journey they've taken you on till this point in time and you're and you're bringing death in in a good way to let them go okay so that's kind of the first layer and then um your image should have then the three sections that are in your story you know they're echoed in your life arrow they would be echoed here in your image that you create and then somewhere in this image that you're creating needs to show up um this inner fire that we've been talking about and the inner fire is on one hand an inner fire that which truly burns within you of your own power and your own sovereignty and it's also been described by the teachers in this process as a triangle an equilateral triangle where one uh, side of the triangle is power the other side is sovereignty and the third side is your humanity and so in some way, your inner fire and this equilateral triangle is in your collage or your, your image in some way. Um, again, expressed creatively as you choose to. 
Um, and that ultimately you'll know that you're done when you can glance at this image and see your new story in this full, full sense all at the same time. Now, it doesn't necess- again, it doesn't necessarily convey your new story to anybody else, but it conveys it to you. It should convey the energy of your new story to someone. So someone could wander by and be attracted by it and point out different aspects of it, perhaps. Maybe have to ask you what they are. But my point is the image is compelling and the whole point of it is to to instantaneously crystallize your memory of this new story and your need to be living into it in your mind. Okay? So, from the healer, warrior, and trickster, teacher, leader, trickster energy, we have a death arrow. And now from the visionary, we have a story, a life arrow, and an image, which are, in essence, three different ways of manifesting the same energy. The important thing about these power objects is they each serve a different role going forward to help you actually live into this energy immediately. Back to what the – I think it was the healer who was saying that – the purpose of this fire is not to set this big transformational process in motion for you for the next eight years. It's about creating this gateway opportunity for you to step through, to step into what is already yours, to drop what keeps you from living it, and to just step into living it. And so these three pieces, though they represent the same energy in three different ways, have three different functions. Okay? So – All right, so let's talk a little bit now just to quickly review your fire ritual because you're all going to be on your own doing that unless you're gathering people to you to do it. And and then I'm going to continue going forward with what the um, visionary has said to understand what you're going to do with these last three power objects. So for now, you've just got your death arrow and your three new life arrow story image power objects. I'm just going to set those aside for the moment and and talk about your fire okay so i'm going to share some basic instructions for a fire ritual that are they are going to be based on the assumption that this is the very first time you've ever done this so obviously if you're comfortable with fire rituals you do them all the time you're quite capable of journeying to your helping spirits to augment this very simple structure go for it Absolutely. Um, On the other hand, if this is new to you or if you did this a few years ago when we offered it and now you've actually invited a couple people to do it with you and this is the first time you've had people do a fire ritual with you, then stay simple. The power of this ritual is in your preparation. All you need to do is do the ritual well. Simply and well, and it will set that power into motion in your life and the lives of those who um, gather with you. And everybody needs to remember that the ritual begins this process. It's not the end. And so the very issues you've worked with now potentially for weeks 
under the guidance of the teachers, maybe right in your face the very next morning. And that is the nature of this kind of transformational fire. Um, so it doesn't mean you failed. You have to remember it's creating the opportunities for you to take new actions and make new choices to make the new story real. So do not lose heart. Okay. So preparation. Obviously, these four weeks of shows. Okay. So you've done that work and you've prepared your power objects. So now it's time for the ritual. So you need to prepare yourself personally. Um, this is normally considered some act of cleansing, um, turning off your phone, um, ending the things that would distract you. It could be bathing, um, some kind of physical cleansing, some kind of mental cleansing through meditation. It can be a kind of smudging or clearing with sacred herbs or even sound, but some way to prepare yourself to cleanse, uh, not that you have a, some sort of negative problem, but just to simplify your energy so you bring yourself as cleanly and clearly into the ritual as possible because you're about to ask for things to happen and you want to be simple, essential, um, Clear your space, the space that the fire is going to happen in. And it's uh, wise to prepare your post-ritual celebration so that that's already ready so you can go somewhat smoothly from the fire into the celebration because the celebration is, in, in, a, in, in a big sense, part of what closes and completes the fire. So for this particular fire ritual – preparing for the meal and celebration is not just the meal and the celebration but it is also bringing having your stories and your um, images available you can have your life arrow available as well but you want to present them there where people can see the images people can see your life arrow and that ultimately in the course of sharing the meal that you will all share your stories and so having them all staged where you need them for the second half the meal part is important so getting that all prepared all right and then you're going to light your fire and get your fire going okay so then you if you're doing this by yourself or you and those you've asked to join you in some way, call in the helping spirits to be the energetic container for your ritual. And if you don't have a big relationship with helping spirits, just be simple. Use what is available to all human beings and owned by no one. So that would be the four directions, above, below, and center. So the seven sacred directions. That is enough to contain a ritual. To call them all in, um, it's often good to sing songs to them to help to shift the energy. Again, I'm offering a simple version and many of you can make this part of the ritual very eloquent and marvelous. It is also all right to just speak with a clear uh, bell tone of a voice and to call these energies in, especially if you've never done this before. East south, west, north, above, below, and center. Okay. 
So then the next step, once you feel you've called in the spirits, so we want to call in technology, right? We want to call in probably the healer and the warrior and the trickster teacher and the visionary, you know, whoever it is calling in your helping spirits. You can make that as rich and layered and textured as you choose to. If you call in ancestral helping spirits, make sure they are ancestral helping spirits, not just the ancestors in general. Okay. Anyway, you get to a point where you've called in all the spirit help. The next step in the ritual is invocation. You offer the invocation, and what is essential in your invocation is that you greet your fire as a being. Ask it to perform its sacred function. In this case, you are asking the fire to help you to release old stories and fears that keep you from loving your empowered and sovereign self. You can actually read that if you feel uncertain about what you're going to say. But the point is you want to call out to the fire as a being, Grandfather Fire, introduce yourself, um, and and tell the fire why you're there. Right? What are you asking for? And then you can feed the fire um, in a way that asks it to become a sweet and sacred fire. This can be... Um, I mean, in, mostly anything other than liquids, the mostly the liquids that you would use would be some sort of alcoholic liquid that would ignite in the flame. But otherwise, it can be cornmeal, it can be herbs from your garden, it can be chocolate, it can be uh, tobacco, um, whatever it is that makes sense in your own life and your own practice. The whole point is that you're feeding the fire and treating it as a being. You've invited it to come, you know, offer it something. Okay, so once the fire is ready, the next step of your ritual is to release your death arrow into the fire. You can dance that energy to really embody it before you send it into the fire. You can speak, but not too much. Don't say too much. I always tell my students the fire is an old man. It's the first ancestor. Don't waste his time. <laughs> so say it like you mean it. Um, make an honorable sacrifice of your energies. Don't release anything in anger, but really release them with an understanding of what they gave to you. Again, not with a lot of words, but a lot of energetic clarity. Um, and then witness each other. If you're doing this with more than one person, Right, Really witness each other making these offerings to the fire. And even if you're alone, witness this great web of light of people all over the globe doing the same ritual with you. And when it's all done, then you would give gratitude to the fire. Again, giving thanks for what the fire has done, treating it as a being, giving it more offerings, giving gratitude. And then you would give songs or gratitude for all the spirits that you called in. Now you give thanks to them and let them know that you're complete. At that point, you would bow out of your ritual circle and step out of your ritual work with the fire. And then your the prescription here for this fire is to then celebrate with a meal, even if you're alone. Even if you are alone, to share your images. Tell your story out loud, even if you're alone, and picture that web. Every image shared feeds the web. Every story told feeds this great web 
of light that's connecting all the human beings all around the globe who are doing the same thing. And then set your intention for the dawn of the new day. Okay, so that gets us through our fire, our solstice fire. All right. So now we're going back to complete our guidance from the visionary. So with our life arrow, we are going to greet the dawn of the next day after the solstice. The beginning of the day is getting longer, or if you're in the southern hemisphere, shorter. But you're going to greet the sunrise of the next day with a very simple earth ritual. The earth ritual would be best, this is the prescription for this particular earth ritual. It would be best performed on land that you are the steward of. So your own um, property that you take stewardship of. If you don't have any of that land because you live on the 33rd floor of an apartment building in some big city somewhere on our planet, it is all right to have um, earth in a flower pot. Um, your because your life arrow needs to be planted somewhere where it is with you. The one exception to this would be, I'm thinking of some people uh, that I know are listeners that are connected to spiritual communities that are very connected to a particular piece of land. Um, Yes, Walter, I'm thinking of you. Um, You may choose to plant your life arrows on that communal land if you um, have communal land. Or have a relationship, a strong relationship with communal land. Okay, the important thing is intimacy. You need to be able to be in intimate relationship with your life arrow. Okay, so the earth ritual uh, goes forward thusly. Okay, so you would greet the sun on the dawn of this new day, the first day of your new story. And then you would call in your... um, the six directions plus the center, the seventh sacred direction. And then you would place a particular focus on calling in the earth, calling in its fertility. You might have different offerings where you're offering your gratitude to the earth. Perhaps you have prayers you could offer to the earth, poems about the earth, maybe songs to sing to the earth. And then you're going to introduce yourself to the earth and you're going to ask the earth for the permission to plant this seed of this life arrow, which is your life arrow, to plant this seed. And uh, you can at that point in time speak your story if you choose to. You don't have to, but you can. And that you would ask the earth to nurture this seed so that it will take root and grow. Etc., etc., etc. Ask for help so that the seed can also take root in your life and through your actions. And so, as you ask for each of these things, you may want to sit with the earth and see if you get messages, images, awareness arising about how these things are going to happen in your life. Okay, so there's three things. So let me start back at the beginning. Okay, so you ask the earth to plant the seed, which is your life arrow. So you ask the earth to nurture the seed so that it will take root and grow. And you ask the earth for help 
And so that the help comes to you in whatever ways it needs to come to you so that this seed can take root in your life through your actions so that you can respond to that which comes to you and take action. And finally, make a promise to the earth to manifest this vision in your life through your actions. So it is both the internal transformation and the actions necessary for that and the external manifestation. So you're asking for all three of these things, that the energy of your seed is supported spiritually and energetically, elementally, as you plant it in the earth, that you are supported in letting the seed of this new story take root in your own life and that you are going to become the person who can live this story and that you are able then to manifest this through your actions in the world. Okay, those are the, the functional parts of this earth ritual. Okay, then you ask the earth to give you stability. And you may have an offering in particular that you give to the earth as you ask for stability. You have another offering, perhaps. It can be the same offering, but you would give to the earth and ask for groundedness. And that you give to the earth and ask for connection. And ask the earth, and if you have others with you in particular, reaching out to each other, to ask to be held in your commitment that you are making right now with the earth for the next two months. Because the next two months, because of your work with the fire just prior, are particularly potent time frame to take action, particularly new actions Actions that create transformation and actions that help you to create, to manifest, to make things real in your life. Okay, then you would close your earth ritual with gratitude. Gratitude to all the energies that you called in, a final offering to the earth. And then you uh, are invited to then break your fast. And so I think I forgot to say this in the beginning. So the idea would be that you do your fire, you have this meal yourself or with others, um, speak of the story, share the images, really witness each other in that, really listen to each other. And then you go to sleep with the understanding each one of you has this task the next morning to awaken at sunrise, to plant this seed. And so you're fasting through that whole time and then you you break your fast with your breakfast or whatever um, after the, the planting of the seed in the earth. And again, always keep in mind with ritual that ritual begins the process. It starts the change um, that you want to be sure to watch your own desire for the ritual to be the end for the ritual to magically make it happen um but to understand that you're working through ritual with the elemental energies to call out for the big help from spirit to help to begin to orchestrate things within you and within your life so that you are able to take the actions that you need to take 
to make the changes within yourself and in your life. Okay. So that completes the solstice ritual process, winter or summer, for uh, 2017, the one that we are being asked to do by the teachers of the cosmology. Okay, fast forward now two months into the future. So where does that put us? That puts us in um, February, right? So two months from the time that you actually do the ritual, not from the actual solstice date, but the the actual date you do the ritual, because some of you may not do it exactly on the solstice. Some of you may do it on the weekend. Some of you may do it before, whenever it is, but two months from your fire, right? At that point, um, the visionary instructs us to go to the earth where you've planted your life arrow and to give gratitude to the earth for all the help that has come to you to take these actions within yourself and to manifest it in your life. It's an opportunity to review what has changed, to celebrate even the smallest successes and transformations. But the most important thing is that it is an opportunity to be with this life arrow and this idea of this planting of the seed time and for it taking root and beginning to grow. Um, even the story itself is only three phases into the new story. And so um, I don't want you to set expectations for yourself that are outrageous and unable and that you're actually not able to manifest. Obviously, the story can be bigger than what you can do in two months. But again, what I see again and again and again for contemporary people is just these, these wild, fantastical expectations they set for themselves, which would ultimately, in due time, be good. But they're so vast, so far from where the person is living that ultimately they end up disappointed and unhappy about their ability to make it happen without realizing that the expectation they set in and of itself was inappropriate, right? Okay, so what the visionary is asking you to do two months after the fire and earth ritual is to return to the earth, return to your seed, your life arrow, and to take stock to celebrate your blessings, to acknowledge the challenges that were unexpected that arose, um, to look at how you're meeting even those challenges in a different or new way. But that ultimately, your task is to remove your arrow from the earth. Unless you've created a power object that's going to completely decompose into the earth. But for many of you, you will be actually creating an arrow that will be sticking into the earth. And so you're to take that arrow and burn it ceremonially, honoring the seed for having been the seed of change. It's not the whole change. It's just the seed. It, it creates the grounding, the stability, the constancy, the little sprouting of the beginning of the new story. right? And so you're honoring it for being the seed taking note of how you and your new story are manifesting in your life. And then at that stage, which should be a different for all of you, but at that stage, 
you would want to think about what is next for me. Am I standing in my power and my sovereignty in my life in a new way? Does this feel good? Does this feel complete for now? What is next for me? What is the next step in the full manifestation of my own new story? But also my part in manifesting this big new story in the world. So it's a time to check in. Uh, and to check in with spirit and begin to journey because you're strategically poised at that moment, of course, to prepare yourself for the springtime equinox and the possibility of using that potent time for the next step in the journey of your own manifestation of the new story and our collective human family manifestation of the new story. So as you return to the earth and uh, take your arrow, um, give thanks and complete your earth ritual and burn your arrow, um, close that ritual, if you would, with a blessing that you send out into that network that you've been visualizing of all of us as a human family connecting to this work and offer a blessing into that network to the rest of your human family and their own versions of the new story. Whatever that might be, however you're inspired at the time, just let yourself be moved by wherever you are in the moment and let that blessing, that connection to the bigger web of humanity um, be the close of this particular uh, set of uh, rituals for this year at this time. So I want to give gratitude to the warrior, to the healer, to the teacher, teacher, leader, trickster energy, and to the visionary for their guidance uh, in preparing to do what will be surprisingly deep work for those that are able to persevere and move through the layers and get to those deep energies and prepare for this solstice. And will be deep work for all of you. I have gratitude to all of you, all of you people who are going to do this with some awareness of your neighbors in neighboring countries, neighboring parts of the globe doing this ritual with you. So I give gratitude to all of you, to the fire and to the earth and to the creativity that will make all of this real. So enormous gratitude to each and every one of you. And I will be up on at sunrise on the day after uh, offering blessings to all of you in the work. So we give thanks to the energy of the earth below and the sky above, to the helping spirits that gather around us all. We give gratitude to the heart in each one of you that unites us. So thank you, everyone, and big, big blessings on your ritual work this year. <laughs>